far. Anyways, we're, I'm going to be thirsty this episode. We're just going to deal with it. Okay. Basma, if you have a I have an answer prepared. This is a problematic thing, by the way. If someone is going I do not condone violence on this podcast. Okay, I'll let it go this time. Shufi, today I, I had an encounter that made me really angry, and I'm supposed to be angry, Salaha. Um, so within a week, I failed my driver's test exam twice. Um, today was the second time. And I was very sure I would get my driver's license today. And she decided to fail me. And I would throw a boot on her face if I could. What was her reason? Basically, Shufi, um, I parking. And I actually, okay, to be, to be completely fair, but she had, I believe, no reason to fail me. Especially Literally, في شيء أتعلمه لأنه أغلاطي كلها عبارة عن يعني ما هي شيء ما هو شيء يتعلم عبارة عن just يعني being careful وخصوصاً أنا كان معايا بنتين زيادة في السيارة كل واحدة يعني صراحة سواقتهم كانت في واحدة كانت كويسة تعتبر بس she had a few mistakes الثانية كانت سواقتها يعني اللي she actually needed the extra tra- extra training I felt like I didn't the first time I failed صراحة I deserved to fail I was horrible I was so nervous I didn't drive well Best today, I'm so pissed off at the woman who failed me, I would throw a literal boot on her face. I'm not mad at that. I'm so sorry. But you know what? I feel like there are just so many horrible drivers out there in this universe that just get passed easily, especially in the Arab world. I mean, like so many people just get their license. So I feel like maybe for the safety of society and humanity that you being failed is not a bad thing. You know what? I'm going to tell you like a quick anecdote about my driving test. So I took my driving license three years ago. I was tested in Jordan and I did like a bunch of hours beforehand. The driving school that I went to, they they let you test in the same car that you trained in. And um, for some weird reason, my teacher was like, come at 10, not a minute before, not a minute after. And even though, like, hukuma hina, you know, they open at 7.38 and she's like, لو جيتي بدري حيكون مودهم سيئة ولو جيتي متأخر حيرسبوكي بس عشان كده مودهم سيئة And she's like, if you come at 10, بكون أنا اشتريت لهم قهوة بكون أنا زبطهم وزي كده وأنا, I'm like laughing my ass off, you know, what the, what the fuck is this kind of behavior that's not okay and I enter the car and like both so like there was a guy on my on my right who's like the officer and there's one behind me so he can check the mirrors to see if you're looking um and like kind of they were playing Shep Khalid on the AUX it's not even their car they had coffee and it was just like bad and I was an emotional wreck like I was so nervous and I tried to move the car as soon as my test started and the car wouldn't move and I was panicking. And the guy just looks at me and he's like, Nisiti Shay. Handbrake. And I look down and I was, like realized that my handbrake was up. <laughs> and then I just look at him and I'm like, Ish khalas recipt. And he just looks at me and he's like, What do you think? Minjidik? 
And then I just said, يعني ايش اطلع من السيارة? And he's like, تطلعي من السيارة? لا لا لا. طب تدربي? طب تمرني? طيب حاولي سوي اي شيء وقاعد تضحك مع الانسان اللي وراه. And I'm like, يلا راسبي راسبي let's train. I do the test very well. And the guy starts chatting with me and he's like, hmm, طب ايش درستي? ايو درست صحافة فين? ببريطانيا. Hmm, كم دفعتي? والله ما اتذكر كم دفعت. Hmm, زي كده. Like, it was such an awkward conversation. And the guy was shifting gears for me. Like, he had no energy to even wait for me to, like, shift gears during the three-point U-turn. And at some point, he goes, he's like, oh, so تتكلمي بريطاني, صح? And I'm like, what? And he's like, يعني, بدل ما تقولي tired, تقولي tired. Elevator, car, and I was just like, what? What? I was so weirded out and confused. And eventually, like, I, it was just a, such a surreal experience. I do the parallel park, I do it very well. And I'm like, Rasbe, khalas, whatever. And the guy is just like, Ta'ala, shubak. I go to the shubak after I park, and he passes me. And I was like, okay. I'm confused. I go, I see my teacher. I go to her and I'm like, نجحني بس مش عارفة ليش. And he's like, خليكي ساكتة. اطلعي فوق. And I think I had some kind of a wasta. And the lady who uh, who tested after me, I was waiting for her upstairs so she can like, we're waiting for our license to get printed. And she was 20 minutes late, later than the usual time. And I just asked her, I'm like, لسمعي ليش تأخرتي? And she's like, أخدوني أروح أشتري فلافل. And they literally, in the middle of her test, they just took her to a falafel place to go buy like falafel sandwiches. And this was me trying to get my license in Jordan. <laughs> so you know so what? I'm Failing jealous. you is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Shufi, I, Shufi, I, I would like to think, and Sana, yani, um, I'm good ish at evaluating like how I performed at things. Like the first time I okay. failed, the first time I failed, mm-hmm. I. 100% deserved it. I was a really bad driver. Yani, صراحة مرة. Yani, I failed on so many levels. I was embarrassed. Yani, basically by how much like I I did poorly. I would say, but this time around, I was very sure I would get my license. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I was the second out of three people to take the exam. Well, obviously, in comparison to like to the first person and the third person, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to pass for sure. And when I got it, you're going to have to take the minimum amount of extra hours, which is like four, which I have already paid. I was very pissed, Salaha. Um, yeah. Basically, I'm sorry to tell you, by the way, as soon as you get your license, you're going to become an errand girl for the family, by the uh, way. A license is not a privilege. I'll see your excitement in a year because I have become the chauffeur for the family, errand boy. It's exhausting and the gas money still comes out of your pocket. So you know what? It's not a privilege. It is a privilege, but it's not a privilege. So I'm letting you know. Okay. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you about my ship ship today. <sighs> um... My ship ship today is towards Instagram and it's specifically towards people who are refusing to post on Palestine. And I'm not talking about Arabs because you know what? Arabs who have Arab followers, like Khalas, everyone knows exactly what's happening in Palestine. I'm talking about the people who are non-Arab, who are keeping up, know what's happening, aware at how stupid people are, yet refusing to do something about it because it's not trendy enough for them. And especially people who are in the journalism industry. 
And I don't care if someone is like, oh my God, I can lose my job. You know what? You got into this industry because you give a fuck about the world. And this is not okay. And that's where my ship ship is going today. Shabashib. Matfa'at Shabashib. What's it called? A carpet bombing of Shabashib on this person. Very Israel themed. Um, nuclear Shabashib. <laughs> okay, this is getting disrespectful at this point. Um, but let's get cracking with our episode. So I'm just going to say the intro. Um, الباب مقفول والقلوب مفتوحة وأهم إشي القهوة على النار أهلا فيكم في لولا جارتي البودكاست اللي بيجيب من طاقة الحنك فايدة اليوم معاي بسمة aka Basma from Bella Kalam Fadi she's been on this podcast before and unshockingly she's here again and today's episode is on pretending to have a personality Um, Besma and I really wanted to do another episode together because we just really enjoyed the one we did before. And I was telling her about a day that I had where I went to a bookshop and buying books that I'm not going to read is one of my favorite hobbies, even though I read a lot. But I still, the level of book buying is not <laughs> is not like relative to the number of books that I read. I read like 50 books a year. I buy like 200 books a year. There's, <laughs> there's they do not match. Um, And I was in Virgin Megastore and I was kind of like, I really wanted to buy a few books. And I picked up Sally Rooney's Conversation with Friends. And then I saw Nietzsche and I picked that book up. And then I saw Master and Margarita and I picked that book up. And I was like, these books are on my to be read because they're supposed to be like intellectual books. And then I was like, you know what? Like, no, no, I have no one to impress. Why am I doing this? Why am I purposefully reading things that I know I'm not going to like just so I can prove a point to someone. And I took it, like I wrote that, I sent it to Besma and I was like, you know what, this was a bit of a reality check. Maybe we should talk about it. Your thoughts, Besma? I agree. I feel like there are a lot of things in our lives that we do just so we feel that we have to do it or feel that this is something that people want. I'll give you an example. Is it okay or is it too soon to go into my internalized misogyny example? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, so basically, internalized misogyny has been a term that I listened to, but I didn't know what I was doing. So me browsing on YouTube, I saw a YouTube video talking about this topic. Basically, a part of the understanding that changed, let's say, after I saw the video, is that a part of internalized misogyny could be that you try to love something just so you know that males are going to like it when you when you do because you don't want to be that girl who doesn't know on that topic for that topic to me is cars I've never been interested in cars like I couldn't care less I don't care about horsepower and I don't don't want to know more about it but um the learning about cars has been on that like to-do list um or actually okay. if you were to, to rephrase it move to-do list yeah to learn list or something um not because i'm interested but just because i don't want to sound dumb talking to males um and badal lama shifted video that that's basically internalized misogyny but you know what that's my excuse to not have to learn about cars anymore and i'm enjoying it 
You know, internalized misogyny is a really interesting one because I feel like that is, this is a serious problem in the Middle East. Um, so, you know, I really feel like we tend to manufacture our personalities and how we present ourselves to the world out of fear of what other people are going to think about us. And it's especially a problem in the Middle East because and it's we care too much and it gets worse when we care about men who you know what I hate saying this generalization but I genuinely feel like men already have low opinions of women <laughs> I don't know if it's fair to say but to really work to please them the, the other half of society who are already unconvinced is exhausting and it doesn't do shit. And honestly, I mean, you should learn about cars because you might end up having to buy one at some point. But the only time I feel codependent in my own life is when something happens in my car and I have to call my brothers. And literally, I am a very independent person. I get shit done, whatever I need to get done. I never deal with other people. As soon as there's something that lights up on my dashboard, it's a phone call and it's literally, and like that tone, That specific tone, my brother knows already in a female seva. Female seva, and he's like, Eshfi, like this is this is my relationship with codependency and men. So you know what? It's fine. But the internalized misogyny in no how do you think it manifests in women's personalities in the Middle East? Because I feel like we can list a few things. Oh um so I think يعني, if we if I were to kind of think about it and I think يعني, يمكن في خطأ في كلامي بس يعني on how I currently see internalized misogyny and my current understanding of it um, yeah and Nick you try so hard to not be like that girl that doesn't know how to do stuff on her own when it doesn't know how to يعني, navigate certain things you try so hard to the point where يعني it's just exhausting because you're يعني في الأخير في أعرف مثلا ناس كثير اللي بنات يت يتحملوا هذه المسؤوليات ويعرفوا هذه المسؤوليات وباختصار الولد في العائلة هو اللي مرتاح عشان عرفوا إنه بنت خلاص تعرف بكل شيء فكذا خلاص أنتي تعرفي تدبري نفسك ممتاز دبري نفسك ودبري البيت كامل فthat's an issue وبعدين you get those other people who are like أنا خلاص أنا مثلا I'm a girl like there are certain things that I shouldn't do or don't want to do and don't want to deal with I'm gonna have يعني, the male um, or males in my community, males in my household, or males in my um, environment help me out with that, with those certain things. But I feel like it's either or. It's very, يعني, عرفتي, I would say black and white. Yeah, I think there's also this kind of phenomenon where women, مثلا, dress in a certain way just because they think this is how men like it, act in a certain way just because they think how men like it and also judge other women for doing certain things that they don't approve on without realizing that it's actually internalized misogyny i think um when women slut shame other women this is a really good example of misogyny when women try to appease to men's standards of beauty that's also like an internalized misogyny thing and also just playing dumb like this is this is something I get so exhausted when people say things like, men don't like funny girls. Men don't like smart girls. You shouldn't speak like that. Men don't like it. Blah, blah, blah. You should not curse. Men don't like it. And I feel like even acting at an extreme end where you purposely curse, where you purposely try to be a smart ass, plays to misogyny, like internalized misogyny because you are 
still behaving in a very specific way to appease or not appease to men. Exactly. You're still caring about what Shukran. they think and that is that is exhausting. I know. I, I, I think I used to be under that umbrella. Uh, definitely. Same, same, same. Yeah, yeah, growing up, I've always been, I've always tried to be that girl. I'm not like other girls trope, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I easily fall on that trope and how toxic that is and how ugh, why, يعني, حتى, يعني, yeah. growing up, يعني, this is me being, literally, it's like the typical, I'm not like other girls trope, I can't be friends with girls, like girls are just like so mean, girls are so, يعني, I don't connect well with girls, um, and yeah, this my face is crunching right now, I know, <laughs> I don't no. approve, no, 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 I think, يعني, uh, I'm so glad يعني, I'm not, I don't act that, that way anymore. Um, but in the same time, you get those thoughts about um, they, how they can, I guess, be considered to be some sort of internalized misogyny. Yeah, speaking of, of that kind of personality that somebody forms. So I when we were discussing this episode yesterday and trying to think about what we can do, I told Basma about the story. So when I was in sixth grade, it's something that I remember very vividly. I was going through puberty and I was not looking cute like every other girl who goes through puberty. I was a big girl. I had like egg face, egg head. I didn't know how to deal with my curly hair and my eyebrows were like growing outside in. And I was constantly told like, if you don't lose weight, boys are not gonna like you, blah, blah, blah. And I was looking at the mirror and I just looked at myself and I was like, being attractive? is just not going to be an option for me. I need the next best thing, a personality. And ever since then, I've been on a quest to like develop a personality. And I feel like, I don't know if it has backfired or the plan has somewhat worked against me because now every book that I read, everything that has contributed to the person I am now, I feel like it's slowly making me less attractive <laughs> to society and men, but has made me interesting enough for the internet. And I don't know if that helps me in real life. That's that's so true. Um, something around that context. Yeah, um, it was what kind of like tell me about a life experience or a challenge you've had that forced you to change your personality. Okay, uh, I, I, I took a long time to think about it and I just realized like what that was, I think, an hour ago. Um, okay. Yeah, but I think it's because I thought about this period of my life. But I think mostly because growing up, I was always... Um, يعني, not necessarily bullied, I wouldn't say that, but إنو, um, especially يعني, with a lot of my friends, uh, sorry, not friends, but family members, وكذا, um, whatever I did, it never pleased them. Women extreme, but I was always behind on so many levels. From um, growing up, what I like, I guess just okay, so I'm never going to please those certain people. Might as well do what I want and what I like and then form a personality from there. And I, and it slowly يعني, worked with time. Oh, um, 
I think يعني, the biggest achievement which is also kind of people pleasing when you think about it بس إن the biggest achievement to me أو مثلا شعور مرة حلو إن نفس هذول الناس اللي كانوا في يوم الأيام يعني um, يتنمروا عليها في أشياء معينة في شخصيتي الآن um, خلينا نقول يعني they've, they've accepted my new personality and they love it but it's still kind of people pleasing when you think about it but at least it's a personality i also enjoy and that, that's the personality i want to be you know what there's صراحه like being in this room right now is bringing a lot of thoughts about this so um first of all sorry if there's noise outside cuz like i cannot control my environment at the moment cuz i'm currently out of town but i am in the room that i was living in since i was 16 up until so 16 to 18 and then I went to university and came back here when I was 21 and I stayed here until I was 23. So this room is like angst.com and Besma, so like I'm sitting on the floor in front of my bed and Besma can see the wall where I have posters and this room is like my teenage angst in a visual image and I in front of me I see my bookshelf which is Like this, my bigger bookshelf is in Jeddah. I'm currently not in Jeddah, in Amman. And I can see like the books that I read and the personality that I manifested as a, I'm not like other girls. I'm a main character. Mm, Like that type of behavior. And it really was just to be rebellious against what people thought about me because I know everything it was always oh you're not skinny enough oh you're not pretty enough so that was always like i'm not i'm not like other i have a personality you know i have a personality i listen to rock music okay i know who pink floyd is i'm smart and i have i'm not kidding you i have so many communist books in this room it is sad (laughs) it is sad like why the fuck did a 16 year old need to read about communism like no no Who, as if like what am I gonna go to like a dinner party and start like spewing communist theories in front of a room with privileged people like what am I what have I wasted my life trying to do I'm really confused at my behavior as a teenager and I'm just gonna like tell you a few things that are on my wall there are paintings that I drew um, there is a Led Zeppelin po- poster there is a James Blunt ticket there is inspirational quotes on the wall one of them is baby I was born this way because I was obsessed with Lady Gaga um, there's speaking of MUN because you've talked about MUN before I have like you know the like the stationery they give you in MUN that has the logo of the conference you attended yeah I have a few of those that just has like scribbles and arts on it that's hanging on my wall and um it's sad. It's really sad, like thinking about how much effort I have put just to try and like just to just what's the word that I'm looking for? I was trying so hard to just like repel people away from me, which was honestly just a cry for help. It was just me trying to be like, actually, can you give me attention? I'm really depressed here. But it was just coming out as like pure anger and angst of, again, I'm not like other people. And I'm not going to lie, during that time, I picked up smoking exactly for two months and it didn't work out because my lungs were rejecting it. And I was in Jordan at the time. So smoking in Jordan is a bit more socially acceptable than Saudi Arabia. It is not good, period. I'm so not proud of it. But it is something that I tried to be cool. Um, 
and it didn't work. It didn't work. But I, you know what? Maybe we should get a bit deep into it. What do you think a personality is? Like if you were to define that word. Hmm. A less deep level. Like music, shows, like, I don't know, books. Um, interests, I think, is a huge part of it. Um, the way you speak is like a huge personality trait of yours, I would say. Um, your upbringing obviously forms your personality in so many ways. Um, I think Kaman personalities, and this is a point we kind of raised um, sometimes personalities kind of look different depending on who you're talking to. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, to a certain extent, uh, I sometimes catch myself doing that. Um, sometimes yeah. like when I'm lacking a little bit confidence, like a businesswoman or the podcast or just to give myself that like confidence boost I need to mm-hmm. perform better in, like, in front of people or whatever. Um, yeah. I guess that's how I would yeah, I need to describe personalities. For me, if I were to like just say what a personality is, I think it is the vessel in which we communicate our true self to the world. But it tends to also be extremely filtered. Like the way I behave in front of certain friends is different than how I behave in front of family versus how I am on the internet. And I've said this before, for me, my personality on the internet is the truest form of my personality, oddly enough. Um... I feel so more like comfortable discussing the things I like, the music I like, the books I enjoy. Um, the, my sense of humor on the internet is a lot safer. And I kind of realized who I really am as a person or what I project to the world as a person through my experience being on the internet. Because when I was in the real world, let's call it the real world, or the matrix or the simulation, um, I felt as if it was just not working. It turns out like I used to think I was funny, but in front of, people never really laughed at my jokes, but on the internet, apparently I'm hilarious and people really laugh. And I was so confused in a way, like I have something to offer. What? It was really fascinating. But at the same time, you kind of think, no, oh, I'm westernized, therefore I have a very specific personality or no, I'm so Arab. And you kind of have this identity crisis in the middle. And then you live in the West and you see like a very different version of yourself versus when you're living in the Middle East and your personality tends to be shaped in a very specific way. But I also feel like there are so many personality traits that come out of people f- from like their environment. And for me, Middle Easterners, Arabs, specifically Khalij and stuff, they have like certain personality traits that I love. And I would never, like I would, I love living in this area in the world because of these specific traits. Um, And it comes in the form of kindness, generosity, warmth, um, this kinship, family. And I feel like it's very unique to this part of the world that I have adopted. And then versus when I moved to the UK and I somehow became colder, more um, reserved, not very friendly. And I just kind of adopted and assimilated to the society that I was in. And I didn't really realize that I was doing that until I came back and I had to re-assimilate back into Arab society. But I don't know, like, what was it? Have you ever noticed that type of behavior from if you lived abroad or from your friends who did? 
from my friends who did okay so um in a general sense i can think of يعني في ناس معينين في حياتي لما لو قعدوا بس كم شهر برا um i find them i find them يعني forming personalities that are more independent and you get obviously يعني that's a given i would say بس um مثلا اعرف وحده راحت امريكا يمكن اتوقع بس قعدت سنه طيب ومع ذلك بعدها لما رجعت اتذكر انه صارت تقول لي انه اوه انه صديقاتها لاحظوا انه يعني شخصيتها تغيرت او صار يقولوا اوه انك انت شخصيتك تغيرت شوي بس انا يعني وجهه نظري واللي قلت لها اياه واللي صدق اؤمن فيه انه مو بانها تغيرت شخصيتها بس انه اشياء كانت من اول بشخصيتها قدرت تطلعها لما كانت في امريكا لانه ما كان في اي شيء يحكمها باختصار وبعدين I think there's this really interesting thing that comes with being in a new environment you get to form the personality you want to show to people but you get to have a fresh start I think that's why I'm obsessed with the idea of fresh starts and you can always like form another personality you can always do something different and nobody would notice nobody would care so I think I find that idea so amazing so I kind of had that experience when I went to London I really did Get, like my personality changed because I was living alone and I didn't have family. And I think the biggest one is just kind of getting to explore so many things without having to answer to other people. For me, I think the biggest one was kind of like understanding what feminism is in my own way. And uh, it kind of like internalized misogyny. You know, you have to unlearn so many things that you grew up with. And I don't want to use the word feminism as a I hate men, that type of thing. I really do hate men, like in real life I do, because they suck. Um, um, I don't mean to generalize, but... Mm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But I kind of really understood a lot of the brainwashing that I grew up with and slowly having to unlearn all of it and kind of becoming obsessed with feminist theory. I'm a bit of an academic nerd, so I kind of enjoy reading a lot of these things. even though I don't really think it's necessary or it will not make you any less of a feminist if you're interested in that. And then kind of coming back to the Middle East and understanding that all of the quote-unquote feminism that I learned from the West is doesn't work here. <laughs> and having to unlearn it, and it's kind of where like the whole thing with Laula Jarti came from, just trying to understand how to become a better woman, a more independent woman, a woman who... has a personality that serves society, who is effective in society without having to conform to what society is asking of or or what Western society is expecting of, of you. Because you, you just don't live in a vacuum and you have to adapt to the environment that you're in. That played a big role in my personality. Um, Another one coming back, like having that reality check was a big one for me going on medication and having to deal with my mental health was that big challenge that forced me to change my personality. And a big part of like my personality is having to deal with my own internal dialogue and dealing with my own mental judgment and trying to let go of how I... Um, talk to myself which is honestly a reflection of society but like a much harsher voice you know like that gremlin in your brain that is trying to like eat up at you very um, familiar that with it. was so important for me I really think I I don't I can't imagine myself 
I, I really felt like I grew so much just because of that. And also like a big part of it is like developing the Jessica persona. I kind of developed the Jessica persona over like my teenage years. And then I went to the UK and I came back and I swear to God, I became more Arab and it was weird. I don't know how to tell you, but like suddenly like Tabul became more important, like hummus became more important. I felt like I was listening to Um Kalthum in the three years that I went to university more than my entire life. I suddenly was like, I am so Arab. <laughs> you, it's, it's weird. Um, and I kind of like, I was really reflecting on all of the dumb shit that I did just to like prove to myself that I'm cool quote unquote cool what do you have to offer okay انا لانك دخلتي باكثر من نقطه فقاعد احاول اراجع اشوف ايش what can i add on um شوفي to be completely honest i don't think i've ever tried to be cool and if i tried i probably failed miserably cool is not a word in my dictionary it's not a word i would describe myself as can i just add something yeah Listen, I'm so convinced because I was such a weird teenager that weird plus time equals cool. I feel like if you sustain your weird personality for long enough, at some point you will actually become cool. Interesting theory. Um, let's see. Let's see. I, yeah, I, mean, I would say just cool. Just it, It's not a word I would describe myself as. I think you're cool. Thank you. Still, I like, feel like this is such a school ground conversation. I know, I know. I would say I wanted to comment on the Jessica part of the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, with that comes a lot of, يعني, obviously, whitewashing. And I think growing up, um, I was like a huge Disney kid. A huge mm-hmm. Disney kid. And so I think that has formed my personality in so many ways. And I'm like, I would still describe myself as like a Disney kid because I, all of the shows like I did enjoy watching, all of the movies I enjoyed watching, for the most part, I still probably watch them every once in a while. And I like yell the lyrics out and stuff. And I'm not embarrassed <laughs> one bit. But that has also been, um, I guess, challenging because you get, you kind of, You're, you're used to seeing like that certain look, that certain personality, that certain way of dressing up or whatever. And then when you when I have to act a certain way, or I have to do something, to kind of like differentiate, oh, you have certain expectations for certain things and they never go as planned. For, for, for mm-hmm. example, I remember going into high school, like I was so excited to have like a high school musical experience. <laughs> I have no oh idea what it says, but um, stuff like that, it just really, it's deep in me. It took me a while to kind of, I would say, um, not associate myself with that type of content. Uh, mm-hmm. had a conversation I had with a friend and they get at Manna when I have kids one day and now there is good enough media and the white washed thing we saw. Uh, they don't have to rely on like the American, like whitewashed Disney kind of content for entertainment. But that was like something I wanted 
You know what I just like popped up in my head? Because we used like we always make fun of the whole Prince Charming thing. But then I realized that we're in the Middle East and the marriage <laughs> type thing that is shown in old Disney movies is far closer of a reflection of our society <laughs> than actual like dating and stuff. Because you know what? And that ends up being your husband in like a year. So I feel like, you know what? Maybe Disney is a little bit realistic. Shofi, depending on what Disney you're talking about. So yes, Basically, and her just like, I don't know, like dreaming about a guy and then seeing them, seeing that person, then thinking that, oh my God, like I want to marry that guy. He being like, no, yes, I want to marry this girl. But then all of a sudden it was like an arranged marriage type of thing. That's very, that's very <laughs> Arab, I would say. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Oh God, Saraha, these, these stories really do shape a lot of people. I personally didn't really like Disney as I grew up. The only Disney princess that I enjoyed was Mulan. And again, badass feminist bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, predictable. <laughs> predictable. Um, I loved Cartoon Network. My favorite cartoons were Powerpuff Girls, uh, girl, what's it called? All Spies. It was called All Spies, right? Totally Spies. Totally Spies, yeah. The one with the characters, Clover. Um, what was her name? They are... Clover. Ah, now I can't even remember. I just remember I Clover. I keep Clover Blossom, was my favorite. I keep thinking Blossom, but in a store, I've been had a power of girls. Osprey, Osprey. Yeah, can you I, guys, can you I know, research? it's like the originally French one, Totally Spies. There's three girls, a guy called Jerry, who's like half bald, always in a suit. They were like fabulous and badass at the same time. Um, that was one of my all-time favorite cartoons on NBC3. Shout out to NBC3. <laughs> Um, I loved those kind of like badass girls. I loved Recess. Maybe that's one of the few Disney shows that I liked. And I liked Recess in Arabic specific, like specifically because I don't like. Have you ever watched Recess in Arabic? Yes, definitely. Who remembers Fashla Alif, Fashla Ba, Fashla Gim? Like Ashley. Ashley A. Ashley. I love the Fashla one. Fashla Alif, Fashla Ba. أحلى مرة. I honestly, I kind of like, I wouldn't mind getting that on a jacket. Fashla Alif. Fashla Alif. Wow. That's so on brand for Lola Jarti. I would be the first to buy it. Like, you know, like the pink ladies from Greece. Yes, of course I and do. And have it as a bomber jacket. Fashla Alif. Oh my God. Okay. Merch, Merch coming ideas. soon. <laughs> 100%. You know what? Speaking of school, I kind of want to bring this up because we were discussing it yesterday. You know, certain personalities develop out of all girls school versus all like mixed schools. Have you ever noticed that? Yes, very much. I so there was the statistic that I was reading a while back regarding all girls schools and they tell you that girls who go to all girls school tend to perform academically better and tend to go into fields that are more science-based and into STEM unlike girls who end up going to mixed schools because there's like a certain social pressure to conform to what a woman should be. And I went to an all-girls school and I genuinely feel like that really impacted my personality because I felt academia was really important, even though I performed badly in school. But being an intellectual was like, it was important. It was not an option for me. And also 
just that environment felt a lot more safe to just be weird rather than be the way men expect you to be because there were boys to impress in school. And in the last two years of school, I ended up going to a mixed school and I really felt the difference. Like I was one of the few girls who, I was one of two girls in physics class and the rest were men. I kind of really, like Why I men? was unapologetically boys weird. Why So, pardon, boys. Buzura. Literally. Um, I was like really weird and it was hard to like not notice that. And I was felt normal when I was in an all girls school, but as soon as I went to mixed school, I was just immediately like not part of the criteria. And I kind of was safe enough. Like I was in a safe environment forming my personality in out in the margins, outside of like the popular society. And it made me a stronger person, I think. It made me a more unapologetic person and kind of really happy to be the person I want to be, regardless of what society thought of me. And I kind of sometimes feel like it makes me pretentious, but I don't know if it's the bad thing or a good thing. No, I don't think it's a bad thing. Imkin, one thing that kind of goes, not necessarily against, but another perspective of being in an all-girls school. Um, I see this issue constantly. حتى الأولاد اللي لا تسي ما كانوا يطلعوا مرة كثير على العالم الواقعي لما لا تسي لا تسي إنهم درسوا طول حياتهم في المدرسة وفي الجامعة في مثلاً إنه يعني خلينا نقول مجتمع غير مختلط لما يدخلوا للبيئة لبيئة العمل لما يتعاملوا مع الناس in like whatever public setting it's not nice let's say that and uh, it's inappropriate they don't know how to act they're either too embarrassed or they're too um they just they just don't know how to act they don't know the etiquette that comes with being in a mixed environment and that to be honest is a huge issue as well um and then i i literally know friends who have like never seen their cousins obviously their their male cousins and they, they never interact with them but their their only like male interactions are with that's basically it. A sawag probably best. No judgment you see those people going in, out into like the public. Um, they just they just don't know how to act. And I feel bad for them and I want to help them out and I want to kind of try to fix an issue that's that I see apparent. Um oh you know what? Do you think girls and boys can be friends? No. In a platonic way? <laughs> no. <laughs> We've had this conversation before and I very yani, clearly stated what I thought. I know. I kind of want to okay, get it on conversation because I feel like it is a part of it. Because yeah. I genuinely can't, I don't feel comfortable like being totally myself in a mixed environment. And I don't think that's bad though. Like no. you're talking about like now in, in a professional Mara. sense and no boundaries oh my god i was discussing boundaries the other day with someone and someone was like telling me oh my god i don't have any boundaries with friends and i almost threw my ship ship at them i was like excuse me yeah another ship ship goes out to that like to that person i think boundaries is very important and i feel like you get to assert your personality once you set up your boundaries and decide how are people going to treat you and how you're going to allow people to be treated i think that's very important exactly exactly do you think having a fake personality in such like in a professional context or in a that kind of friendship that requires boundaries important or do you think fake personalities are bullshit? No, I don't think they're bullshit. I think they're very valid. 
I think يعني يعني شوفي you as a person and anyone can choose يعني مثلا I know a lot of people who decide and okay work is just for work like I'm not here to make friends I'm not here to to be friendly with my coworkers and I think that's absolutely fine just as long as you're clear about it just as long as you've set those boundaries early on أحس ما فيها مشكلة أبدا وأحس يعني you're allowed to do that in any setting يعني um, بس أنا شخصيا I don't think I can be in a any setting for that matter بس in a work setting خلينا نقول where I'm very very professional with everybody خلينا نقول really? إيه أحس it's I don't know I like I like human connection and I think and I the idea I think of, you can be both professional and yes absolutely I'm here to work and obviously that's like the main priority but human connection is something I really really value very brief conversations every once in a while just so that we see each other as humans and not just as as a person who I work with ما أدري طبعا مو مع كل الناس أبدا with whoever makes me comfortable أهم شيء with whoever يعني I can see يعني strict boundaries with with يعني أشياء كثير عوامل كثير تأثر على هذا الموضوع um, بس I would say in a general sense يعني I, be, I understand people who do put those boundaries ويقرروا إنه بس العمل للعمل uh, بس في نفس الوقت um, I do value like conversations and human connection and whatnot I think you know what, like kind of creating a somewhat of a fake persona professionally is somewhat important. I really believe that. I think it there's no such thing as a fake personality. I feel like you should be able to monetize off of the personality you manufacture. And I feel like even myself on Low Lejati, like there is a certain manufactured personality out there because I just can't like it's a bit unprofessional and also unsafe for me to just be 100% myself and also partially unsafe for my followers because you don't need to like share all of your political opinions. You don't need to share all of your beliefs. Even right now, I'm currently like wearing a political shirt about Beirut, but um, I don't need to put that on the internet. Um, I will say it in my podcast though. (laughs) Um, And I feel like men especially tend to really judge women for being quote-unquote fake and I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that even even if we mention the Kardashians I kind of am not too critical of of their fakeness because I think it should be okay for a woman to monetize off of that especially since men have been monetizing off of it for so long so like for women to do it you know what it's not that bad and I think because the patriarchy has been so harsh on women that they should be able to benefit off of that system for their own gain and to just be fake within it. I really think that's important. And I kind of really want to discuss this whole, like your genuine personality and the personality that you show the world. And even like, do you lie about the books you read and stuff like that? Have you ever done that in your life? Because I certainly have. No, I don't think I've ever read uh, or yeah, any pretended to read a book I've never read. But um, I do catch myself. Um, when I don't read, when I haven't read a book and I don't know much about it, mostly because يعني, obviously my, my business does include يعني, dealing with books and whatnot. So I've been, I've, I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of books, but I'm familiar I'm exposed to a lot of that بس مثلا دائما تلقيني مثلا اذا سالتيني عن كتاب معين قراتي مثلا هذا الكتاب اروح اقول لك لا بس اعرف عنه I don't need to say that 
But I think yeah. that that's just me trying to to prove it. I I I know what you're talking about. Like I'm not dumb. Yeah. This um yani I I haven't read it. This basically. When I was an insecure teenager, I used to, God, this was so embarrassing when I was like really young, I used to just walk around with books, like just walk around with a book in my hand that I never read and I don't know anything about just so I can pretend to be smart. Like I really, I did that when I was like 10, 11. Imagine how embarrassing that is. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, I've been trying to manufacture this whole intellectual things from a a very young age. And joke on me, like, jokes, all jokes aside, and what's the word? Like, I'm the fool or whatever, whatever. Turns out I somewhat became an intellectual. And the problem is no one is interested. Like, no one can keep up with my cultural references at this point. It's sad. It's sad, like my percent, like my cultural references are so specifically niche <laughs> that they benefit nobody but myself and some other girl on Tumblr. Like this is where I'm at at life. And for a very long time, it's I really feel like when I was 22, 21, I just accepted that there are some things that I'm just not interested in and some intellectual things that I'm just not gonna read. And I became okay with it. Because even for a long time, I would read things just because I thought it was important to like make me cool or like an intellectual. And I'd even pretend that I like them. And I've, I've used the example of Kafka before because I pretended to like him as a writer for so long, but I actually hated him as a writer. And nobody cares, like genuinely, nobody cares. Like it's sad, Alia, it's sad. Nobody cares if you like Kafka or not. Mm-hmm. Who That's am I so trying true. to prove to? That's so true. And the thing is, like, I genuinely used to think, in, oh my God, I want that boy, like, who's like Jess from Gilmore Girls. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan. Um, and for like so long, I felt like to like catch that kind of person, I needed to like have that type <laughs> of personality. And then I realized if a guy comes up to me and he's like, oh my God, I love Kafka. Like, that's a red flag. Run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's sad uh-huh. like I really felt like I manufactured it I listened to so many like specific kinds of music because like I saw some girl on Tumblr do it and for so long I genuinely was like mm, I'm not like other girls and then you realize you know what half of Pinterest half of Tumblr half of Twitter has exactly the same personality as you you're not unique <laughs> literally um, I think I would love uh, so two things that yani from what you're trying to say oh yani from the things you're trying to say I want to add on I would say books and like whatever type of content you consume um, you get judged by it so easily and I think yani people yani judge your personality on it a lot and you you're the type of person who judges a personality based on like their I think it's books, important right? By, but when I say judge, I don't mean... Okay, so this is really important. And I want whomever is listening, I want you to really focus. When I judge a person on what type of books they read, I judge them on their attitude and how they say it and not specifically the content. Okay, okay. I okay. have so much respect for a person, especially if it's a boy who comes up to me and he's like, I read nothing but romance novels I'll be like, you know what? I respect you for saying that. I respect you for being honest and not worrying about a person judging you. But I will judge. But I will judge a guy who's like, George Orwell is my favorite writer. Because you know what? Like, George Orwell is is an amazing writer. But really? Or are you just saying that to seem cool? You know what I mean? That's so true. I... 
And but also there are very specific music and books that are associated with poor red flag behavior. So like if someone comes up to me and is like Lolita is my favorite book, run the other way. <laughs> if someone is like Hemingway is my favorite book, my favorite writer, run the other way. If someone is like mm, Harry Potter is my favorite series, okay, I respect that. I respect your honesty. If someone is like, you know what? I read nothing but mystery books or like Stephen King. I respect that so much. But I will not respect someone who's like, oh, I listen to Mozart exclusively. No. <laughs> I don't believe you. You liar. Um, I had a phase where I basically decided I would only listen to jazz music. And I still love it, honestly. But, oh my God. But I don't know why. But it's not like I'm not like other girls. But oh my God, I'm not from this generation. You could ask songs from like the 1950s and 1960s. And I thought... Is it yeah. like... Can we can we just elaborate? Like when you say jazz, are you talking Coltrane or are you talking like YouTube, like cafe no, jazz? No, yes, yes. للأسف. <laughs> but I still enjoy it, Salaha. It's a guilty pleasure and I'm not like, uh, I'm not ashamed of it. But <laughs> Don't ever say guilty pleasure. That's another very, like be assertive and be like, okay. I like I'm elevator music. I'm not ashamed music. of my love for cafe jazz. I judge you. In like in a good way, because I care about you, because I want what's good for you. Because <laughs> honestly, I respect people who like jazz because it's really complicated. But also, if someone I don't like people who are like, mm, I actually like only listen to like obscure, um, like jazz musicians from like West Africa, and like I only listen to them on tape. Like these kinds of people, and no, you're lying. You are lying. Mm. This is a lie. This is a manufactured personality that does not exist. But if someone is like, yeah, I just go on YouTube and I write calm music and I listen to for two hours, like low key in my brain, I'll be like, "Mm, you have not Googled a single song in your life. And other times I'm like, you know what? Just you go, girl. You go, girl. Do whatever makes you happy. While I judge silently, yeah. which is just exactly. a reflection which of me. Which explains my love, which says otherwise. Because you know what? Some people just don't put effort into building their own personalities, and I don't like that. Which, um, that's not what I mean towards you listening to elevator music. <laughs> but it just means that some people just don't put effort. Like, the thing is, I've known you for a while now. Oh, by the way, happy anniversary. I've known you for almost a year. Mm. Very true. Was it May? June. June. It June, was June, June. June, so June. like almost. I am Black Lives Matter. Yeah, happy friend anniversary. <laughs> Literally, so, podcasting has seen like the whole process like of our friendship, yeah. basically. So yeah, I've known you for a while, so I know you've actually someone who works on themselves and like you have manufactured a personality through hard work and experiences. But people who are like, I like Orwell, I like Stephen King, and that's it. That's like my personality type. I've been listening to the same Beatles album since 1992. Like, no, 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 no. True, no. true, true, true. You were not listening to the Beatles when you were like seven years old. Don't lie to oh me. Oh my God, very true. So yeah, this is kind of how I judge people. I judge people on how they deal with what I like, because honestly... So one of the questions that I asked you yesterday was like, how do you perceive yourself now and what your personality is now versus your past and how that haunts you and how that formed your personality? Because 
when I think of how I am now as a person, I think a lot about how the people who have known me when I was younger and now and how they treat me and how they have grown as people and how we have behaved in parallel. Um, I know that was just like a loaded sentence with so much to think about. <laughs> in the graphs and like pie charts and <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know that scene from School of Rock where um, Mr. Schneebly is like with a, like a stick trying to explain the history of rock? Yes. That is just me trying to like say anything in the world ever. Um, and like a lot of people, for example, th- there's this horrible friend group that I hang out with, but like not so often. And who tend to like do this thing where they constantly like want to test out my intellectual like brain just to see if I'm lying or not. And so often they would like to be like, oh, have you heard about this book that is blah, 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 that like they make up and they wait for me to lie. And like I've not I've never been the kind like as of my 20s or late teens. I have not lied about my interests and I've always like curious and love to know more things. And whenever I ask them, oh no, I've never heard of it. What is that? They'll be shocked. And I'm so offended by it. Cause like, what you think I've been lying this whole time? Like I've been like putting so much effort in the internet, trying to learn shit. And you think I'm lying <laughs> all this time invested on Twitter and Tumblr. And you think I'm lying? How dare you? And also, if somebody does that, like, cut them out of your life. It's not, they're not worth it. No, I agree. I agree. And I really think about it because, like, now that I have grown, these people are still behaving the same. And I think a lot about my personality with that. Have you ever, like, had that type of friendship? That type of friendship, alhamdulillah. Um, Shufi, I've had this friend, but I don't know if this works, Yani, with the context, but I kind of wanted that Jeff Bali when he did tell me. Um, كانت دائما كل ما أقول لها على شيء أو أسألها عن شيء دائما تقول إيه أعرفه and to me like obviously for a lot of things it's probably true she does know about it but في أشياء ثانية اللي I'm like ترى عادي لو ما تعرفين it's not like a bad thing so I was triggered by it إن ترى مو بلازم تعرفين كل شيء مو لازم تبينين إنك تعرفين كل شيء وعادي يعني we we can learn from each other يعني مو بلازم تبينين انك فاهمه بكل شيء. Um, بس I guess كمان من ناحية one like other thing I guess um, Jeff Bali we also talked about that and sometimes when you meet people from your past you kind of reshape back to your own old personality. Yeah. Yeah, the, these are the people like that some like same group comes mm-hmm. to mind when I was thinking about that, especially that. So someone read, OK, the, there's this beautiful quote that somebody shared with me that I, I actually want to read. So let's see, where is that? OK, so there is this quote that somebody said to me yesterday and it felt so beautiful that I want to share the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fits them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. This is, I really think about that type of concept when I think about like my experience with my mental health, which is the episode that was released like a few days ago. And I really feel that because 
people sometimes still treat me like the person, the chaotic person that I was before and completely refuse to acknowledge the growth or the person I am now and just like perceive me as my old personality. And that hurts, you know? It feels like if someone cannot appreciate your personality for what it is at that moment, you need to reevaluate your relationship with that person. Okay, Basma, you know what? I really want to kind of just like somewhat be narcissistic and just have us talk about ourselves and tell me if you were to describe your personality, if you were like to sell your personality, how would you describe yourself? Okay, a person who pretends to know things, who basically pretends to have her shit her shitty life basically figured out. Um, that's not the case. I don't think you're pretending. I think you're being hard on yourself. I don't know. I don't know. But I would say, come on, one Basma. thing. Huh? Besma, don't do that. I don't know. Vesuvi, um, the thing is, I think, like, I'm ex- I'm kind of trying to accept the fact that I'm 22. Of course, I don't have things figured out. But um, I would say... If anything, like if, if I were to sell my personality, I would just say there's this one quote. It's like a very, like literally I got it out of like one YouTuber. But I resonated with it. And I like my mind more than my face. Mm. And I resonated with it in so many different levels. I am proud of the person I've become, but mostly I'm proud of my brain. I'm very proud I of my brain. I love that. I love that. That kind of brings me like that really brings me back to what I said before about kind of looking in the mirror and deciding I need a personality. If I were to describe myself, I think I would just say I'm a person who enjoys learning and I enjoy things that challenge my brain. And I just love having fun. I just enjoy enjoying things. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a result, sure, maybe it made me a pretentious person. (laughs) Maybe it made me like a weird intellectual, but I'm very passionate. And I just, I enjoy sitting my ass down, reading a book about weird philosophy and then ripping it to shreds. Like, I love that. I love having the ability to just use your brain. I, that's for me, what, if I were to describe myself, I'm just someone who enjoys challenging my brain. Uh, that's that's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, can one thing I would add, and I would love to know, yeah, how you, oh, any what you think of this? But um, obviously, every day in our lives, yeah, we have internal conflict, and I love that conversation I have with myself. Whether it's sometimes, obviously, sometimes it's like like kind of disrupting. Other times, it's better. But in a general sense, I love like going through internal conflict and figuring it out and making like a decision like I don't know either making a decision or just figuring it out solving the issue at least in my head um, I love that process and that's why I love to say like I love my brain and I'm very grateful for it I love that I love your brain too <laughs> well I same with your brain Thanks, man. This is so cute. This is what happens when girls flirt. I love your brain, man. You know, I I like that. I like that people are like, this is my internal dialogue and I enjoy having that challenge. For me, when I, so the music, we you've mentioned this before, like the music that we listen to, the books we read are like a way to shape our personalities. And there's something very specific I have with arts in general, capital A, plural, is I look for things that challenge my perception of beauty. 
And for me, that again goes back to that child, that inner child who was looking in the mirror and trying to decide what is beautiful. And for me, just finding the beauty in the quote unquote ugly is what makes me an interesting person. And just having your eyes and brain and your perception of the world be shifted by all of the life you experience is really important. And I think that every single time I listen to like some weird ass song where they're using a washing machine as a synth, like (laughs) these are the kind of things I look for in life because I feel like there's just, life has so much to offer and for someone to just limit themselves in a bubble where they're just listening to elevator music on YouTube. I agree. It's just, is not fair for themselves. Ashifi, and I feel um, one thing I've been doing for the past few years, Salaha, I, yani I enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy it. So, جت فترة كنت أتف وما زلت يعني زي ما قلت لك إن مثلاً في فيلم معين أو في كتاب معين أو شيء زي كذا I know it's يعني something like it's a cult favorite basically وأنا أحاول أعرف basically أتفرجوا أو أقرأ أو شيء زي كذا with the aim of trying to understand like what's all the hype about I could either okay. hate it and love or love it يعني في أشياء كثيرة حسيت إنه قلت okay like I understand and appreciate it but it's not for me بس basically هذا هو I think with that mindset um, I've become more open to kind of having conversations about different interests. your favorite song. Like I want to kind of listen to different songs and I kind of wanted to learn about new artists and stuff like that. And um, there's something very beautiful about يعني, learning about things quote-unquote سطحي أو شيء أحمق and I just go with an open mind then I don't know what could pique your interest you don't yeah. know what your next favorite artist is going to be your next favorite book whatever when you um, the way I approach it is either like I talk to a friend or someone I know and kind of ask them about like their, their favorite show their favorite movie stuff like that and give that a try and I could potentially like it if I don't Adi, it's just like an experience okay so I know I don't like that type of content um, when it comes to books one of the one example like I can give um, I decided a few years ago to read The Godfather it's not something mm-hmm. I'm interested in it's not something I yani, I would say like I would usually I um, I would say approach what I would want to read what I would like to I had to keep in mind I've never seen the movies Gablaha. Um, what? yeah I know so you're missing out they're really good no I, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen the first movie now uh, okay. and by the end of it basically reading the book it was a really interesting read, Salah. I'm going to say that. Um, it was a really long book, but I went through it and I genuinely, I would say I enjoyed it for the most part. But there were certain characters that I hated and I hated that they had like full chapters. Like I wanted them mm. dead. I just want them that I think I appreciated they're not given much of a role. Mm. But I enjoyed that. Um, but يعني, watch, reading the book and watching the movie was just me like trying to get exposed to something different, something that I know I wouldn't usually gravitate towards. So I was just mm-hmm. curious. And I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm grateful for that experience. You know what? For me, I think that one of the most important things you can acquire as a person who is looking to develop their personality <laughs> is just accepting that you should have your own opinion and it's okay to not like the godfather there's so many cult movies that i have seen that you know what are not worth the hype same thing with books same thing with music 
forming your own opinion is one of the most underrated things you can ever do in your life. And it's very, att- I, it's a very attractive quality, sarahah. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit sad. I One of my all-time favorite movies is called Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. And it's considered like a cult movie. It didn't do really well when it first came out, but now it has its its weird online presence. Wait, so you mean cult I, cult or like cult favorite? Cult favorite. Nobody. Okay. There are no virgins sacrificed in the making okay. of that movie. <laughs> um, they... So I love that movie. It's my all-time favorite movie. And the first time I watched it, we were watching it in this house with I was watching it with eight other girls, okay? I was the only person laughing. And I was not laughing. I was laugh like I was dying. LFMAO, laugh my ass off, rolling on the floor laughing. I was I was like cry face emoji. I was dying. Not a single person in the room was laughing alongside me and I felt so weird I mean that movie like like I loved it like love at first sight not a single person was laughing and we were eight other girls it's it's okay I mean form your own opinion don't fall into peer pressure but it's sad it's kind of a bit sad being the only person laughing in the room no yeah I understand I understand Uh, you know what I kind of low-key want you to like I want to write you a list of favorite movies and stuff and then like you exchange one for me speaking of I love that you just recently watched one of my favorite movies yes funny face funny girl funny girl sorry there's another movie called funny face which is what I was looking for initially but I didn't get funny girl funny face has Audrey Hepburn right no not Audrey Hepburn oh my god I'm gonna sound so dumb but yeah I get the princess diary the grandmother Really? I think so. Um, Julie Andrews? I, th- I think so. Her, yani, she looked very familiar. And I think it was Julie okay, Andrews. Okay, wait. I'm going to Google it. I'm just going to Google it. Give me a moment. Funny face. No, I'm right. Funny face is Audrey Hepburn. Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. And mom, I was, I was initially looking for funny face. But uh, Netflix being... The dumb thing that it is, Manigat uh, Funny Girl, which I really enjoyed, and I would watch it again and again and again and again. By the way, um, I don't really like musicals, but I love Funny Girl. Like Funny I Girl is one musicals. of my all-time favorite movies. That's the thing. Funny Girl. It's my mom told me about it. Like I discovered it. I think I was in ninth grade, and my mom was like, "You need to watch this movie." And I put it on, she left the room, and I was continuous, like, I was watched it alone. But I love that's my favorite movie. And actually, funny face, so I don't know if you are looking for the same movie that I'm thinking of, and the one I just googled. Funny face is about this girl who's, like, a nerd, and she's like, books are my life, books are everything, everyone else is stupid. And then she goes to Paris, and she's, like, becomes a model, because she's just so pretty and like being pretty is actually underrated and regardless of your brain that type of it's like a really weird movie really yeah but like there's this uh, like she the girl like goes to Paris and just experiences like the Parisian culture and she like wears all black and goes to like a cafe to spot like to speak about intellectual things and it's one of those it's actually kind of very relevant to our conversation okay, okay, I, okay. Wish I think found we're going to watch it later tonight Sarah. Um, I, 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 the re, by the way I don't know if this adds any context but 
كيف عرفت عن فاني فيس نوت فاني جيرل فاني فيس كنت قاعده اتفرج فيديو عن ان هاو ذا كلر بينك بيكيم جيرلي Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is funny face. It's 100% funny face. But they were showing like a scene where it's like some, some woman, I don't know. Think who, pink. Basically, think pink. Yeah. That scene with the fabric and stuff. So I was looking for that. But I discovered something that I really enjoyed. I'm so happy. Yeah, I love these coincidences. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're really good. I'm trying to think about like I'm trying to think about like a coincidence that somewhat just like attacked my personality. Let's see. weird oh i have one actually so um i talk a lot about this writer edward said he's a palestinian writer f- really famous for writing this book called orientalism that is very important in like critical theory and shaped how we look at media studies and how we look at how the west perceive the arab world and i knew nothing about him even though he's a palestinian writer and i'm supposed to be like a palestinian girl who like knows palestinian writers and I was in a museum in Paris, Musée d'Orsay, and I entered the Orientalism wing. And I felt so uncomfortable because I was looking around and every painting was like this Bedouin girl who's like wearing these really cool things and like has henna on her hand. And then the painting is written, like is done by Jean-Jacques something and Jean-Paul something. And it felt like really uncomfortable. And I left that wing, like feeling something like my stomach was telling me this is not okay, but I couldn't really put my thoughts into words. And then I go to the bookshop and I just ask the lady, can I have a book on Orientalism or the Orientalist paintings? And there was like a really big, thick French book. And I didn't speak French back then. And it had like the paintings, the explanations, the history. If I ever go to Paris again, I'm going to definitely buy that book. Um, I love that. I kind- Mashallah. Yeah. And I can see how yeah, you've been learning French for how long? On and off for a few years and uh, formally, like properly since September 2020. Good for you. Wow. Thanks, I love ma'am. that. Okay. Can we Okay. So the girl that gives me a book called Orientalism by Edward Sads. I did not know that his name was Saeed. <laughs> and I'm like, Edward said, oh my God, who is this white boy who's going to tell me about my culture? And then like, I have that initial like response. And I go to meet up, my fr- meet up with my friend, who's actually the co-host in my last episode. Um, and I tell her, oh my God, Tala, I just found this book. And it's like by this white boy. And I show her the book and she gives me like... and she gives me a look and she's like you call yourself a Palestinian and you don't know who Edward Said is and she proceeds to lecture me for an hour about my ignorance (laughs) and I was on that trip with my parents and we were taking a train from Paris to somewhere else and I was reading the book on the train and I'm like Baba can you tell me about Edward Said and he's like you call yourself a Palestinian and you don't know who Edward Said is And he proceeds to lecture me for another hour about how this person is so important. And I wouldn't have discovered him if I didn't just like go into a library angry, <laughs> trying to figure out something. But also like, nefsi, and no, I'm supposed to like, I've been holding up this persona of being like the smart intellectual girl, but I didn't know who Edward Said is, even though I call myself a Palestinian. Like, it was really sad. But that's the thing that's, yeah. And here, I guess we come to a really important point and uh, um, obviously like an intellect can't know all and won't know all yeah so I think yeah um, there are a lot of circumstances where basically 
تافهة بس منكون for some reason or another we've never encountered ففجأة يجيكي this pressure اللي حتى you're afraid to ask إنه إيش هذا ولا what does this mean ولا whatever إنه who is that person because it feels like إنه oh my god everybody should know about that person what about that certain yeah. thing ف I've encountered that feeling so many times Oh, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, I'm always constantly يعني, trying to remind myself. Go ahead and ask. You can Google it. Obviously, you can always just Google it. But يعني, it, it does. It, even if you that's very important. Don't be afraid to ask, and don't be afraid to like just learn things. I think a good personality. is an honest personality and one that is not afraid to grow. I'm gonna, that's gonna be my final statement. What is your final statement, girl? <laughs> Diamond, you put me on the spot and I don't know how to end things. Osbury. Um, I would say if we're we're talking about like good or admir- admirable uh, personality traits is being able to admit that you're wrong. I would like to ask you, do you have any personalities out there that you admire? So when asked that question, I usually give two answers. Uh, one is related to a person in my life or used to be in my life. Um, and another is just someone in the media. Um, and we've had, you you kind of know about one of them. And Ahmed Dishgiri, in my opinion, has um, improved the Saudi, I'm not going to say Arab, that's a very general statement but I'm good in the Saudi media in so many ways and I have so much respect for him obviously it's not like and I idolize him best and I don't want to idolize a person uh, best and I have just huge respect for what he did to improve I would say the media um, mm-hmm. hashtag sugary daddy <laughs> true um من ناحية الش يعني خلينا نقول أحد كان بحياتي and I said that because uh, جدي الله يرحمه um, he passed away when I was in third grade and I always say like I wish I had I was able to have like a an adult conversation with him because I've heard so many like from so many different people um, and how good of a conversationalist he was and how he was very open-minded in conversations and how Makan uh, aggressive he was very chill when having like a conversation and so obviously him dying when I was eight years old I've never had that type of conversation with him um, I guess I very much admire You know what? I Okay, so for me, one of them it would be my grandma, my mom's mom. My mom's mom, she's, I mean, she's a, such an impressive lady. First of all, she grew up in Palestine and she was one of the first people to immigrate. By immigrate, I mean get kicked out of the country in 1948. And she ended up in a refugee camp in Egypt for two years and then in another camp in Syria and then before she came to Saudi Arabia and eventually my grandparents became Saudi citizens. But there's something very specific that I admire about her. She did not finish school. Her last school year was second or third grade and she got removed from school because quote unquote she was part of that environment. She was born in 1929. Ah. She's she's that old. Okay, okay. And uh, she's still with us, Habibti Allah. 
But what I love about her is she is the most well-read person I know. And when she became older and she, alhamdulillah, and she was able to have money, uh, she would get tutors and she learned English. She was obsessed with geography. She went back to school. She got her, um, I think it, she stopped at primary diploma, I think. I don't know if she keep, continued, but she progressed with her education. Mashallah. She started traveling. Her, my grandparents traveled the world together. And that was like in the 60s, 70s. They kind of lived their lives. And just, I admire, my grandmother is the smartest, most intellectual person I know. And she didn't finish third grade. Wow, That's, mashallah. So she's someone who was always on the quest for knowledge regardless of the circumstances and that's something that I find extremely inspiring and is one of the most beautiful things I know and for a fictional person or or a person who's who I don't know there's so many there's so 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 many I think Edward Said is one of them Ghassan Kanafani is one of them I think because of what's happening in Palestine and Israel right now I'm thinking of Palestinian writers but as you should Salaha as I should. But Ghassan Kanafani is, he's an amazing writer. He's unfortunately been assassinated by Mossad. And he's, he's someone who was masculine yet gentle and was obsessed with the idea of liberating Palestine and was a beautiful writer. And he said so many beautiful things regarding Palestine. And he's, he's a romantic, he's a beautiful writer. He's such an important figure, and I love that in every single liberation political movement in the Middle East, artists have always been at the forefront of the movement. And Ghassan Karafani is the greatest example for that, and he is just a beautiful soul, Allah And if anyone knows anyone like Ghassan Karafani who's emotionally unavailable, please give him my number. <laughs> um, I think these are two people that I look up to. There's, oh God, there's just so many. Um, but I don't, I really like the idea of you saying, I don't want to idolize someone because I really believe that. I think you should be able to manufacture a personality by kind of cutting and pasting things that you've seen from the world. And like, for example, Hassan Kanafani is a great example. Like, write like him, but maybe don't get assassinated like him. <laughs> I think that's, that might be good advice. Um I just like the idea of pretending to be something until it becomes true. I feel like that might be true for me as an intellectual. Like I really did pretend to be an intellectual for so long and eventually did become one. And you know what? Fake it till you make it. I really do believe that. Agreed, agreed. Thank you for listening. Um, Besma, thank you so much for being here. I can't stop talking to you, honestly. <laughs> and... You guys, if you're no, listening, you. follow Basma online, listen to her podcast, Bala Kalam Fadi. And if you like this episode, give it five stars, rate it, tell us what you think, share it to other people. And if you think that there's a lost teenager out there in your life who should be listening to this, maybe send them to my podcast. Just send them my way. I have so much to educate them. <laughs> and with that, I say good night, Jarat. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>